Welcome. I'd like to welcome you to episode 1 of Cryptids, Folklore, or More, The Cryptid Menace. Just kidding. This is the introductory episode to a podcast where we will be doing a deep dive into the cryptid phenomenon to determine whether they're just folklore or more. Before we begin, I would like to introduce myself. My name is Dominic, and I will be taking you on this voyage through the realm of cryptozoology and its many elusive residents. I don't consider myself to be a skeptic nor a believer. I'm going to be analyzing cryptid cases on a case-by-case basis in future episodes and giving my opinion on cryptids based on the evidence I find. In this episode, we will be discussing the history of cryptozoology and its merits as a field. But before we get there, I wanted to divulge a bit about why cryptids interest me. What fascinates me most about cryptids is the feeling of curiosity they elicit in me, even when I doubt their existence. I can't help but click on a video or pick up a tabloid describing something completely bizarre such as an oversized humanoid frog named like a Marvel Comics character. It sometimes feels like I'm missing out when I read historical accounts from hundreds of years ago. It's apparent that the world used to have much more mystery to it. The drive to uncover such mysteries is what led past explorers such as Marco Polo to venture through Asia and record his experiences for 13th century Europeans, an audience to whom the continent held great mystery at the time. As someone born in the late 1990s such as myself, it sometimes feels that much of the world's mystery has been rightfully zapped away via advancements in science and technology. Today, the average person can get detailed images of all parts of the globe with Google Earth, as well as access images from other planets too. This is obviously all very magnificent, but it also makes me ask myself, what more is out there for us to find? That question forms the basis for my interest in cryptids and the mysterious. Now I'd like to segue to my guest, Megan, who's likely going to end up being a regular on the show. Megan, what made you interested in the topic of cryptids? Hi everyone, my name is Megan. I enjoy the creepy, mysterious, and unknown. I could trace my interest back to around 2011 when I developed an interest in ghosts. This interest led me to become interested in other unexplained phenomena. Paranormal activity shows on sci-fi and travel channel fan the flames of my interest higher. Shows such as Most Haunted, Ghost Hunters, and Ghost Adventures. The most intriguing aspect of these shows were the analysis of evidence and drawing of conclusions. I personally believe blindly believing a claim without research and analysis is the wrong approach. We wanted to take a different approach with this podcast. One where we analyze the claims and evidence with a very objective lens. If you think about it, ghosts could actually be argued to fit within the definition of a cryptid. Maybe instead of souls that are trapped on this plane of existence, there's some sort of ultra-terrestrial creature that we can't easily perceive. With that food for thought, let's move on to the history of cryptozoology. What are cryptids, you may ask? Cryptids are creatures that might exist but are not confirmed by zoology, which is the scientific study of animals. It's very likely that you've heard of at least three cryptids considering the big three cryptids are typically seen to be Bigfoot, the Abominable Snowman, and the Loch Ness Monster. 
These three have deeply ingrained themselves into the pop culture lexicon regardless of whether they exist. Depending on who you are, you may wholeheartedly believe in all of these to exist. Others might disagree and view cryptids as being complete nonsense. This is where much of the contention surrounding the field of cryptozoology stems from. It's no secret that many in the scientific community view the field of cryptozoology as pure pseudoscience, one that disregards rigorous scientific methods and empirical evidence in favor of anecdotal evidence, hearsay, and unverified sightings. Unlike your dog, cratching cryptids hasn't been as simple as putting out a bowl of treats and waiting for them to come to you, unfortunately. The term cryptozoology was coined in 1959 by Bernard Huevelmans, who is considered by many to be the father of cryptozoology. Huevelmans was born in Le Havre, France in 1916. He went on to devote his life to zoological study, in particular cryptozoology, which he described as a new discipline within zoology. In 1939, he earned his PhD in zoology from the Free University of Brussels, and in 1955, he went on to publish his highly influential book, On the Track of Unknown Animals in French, later translated to English in 1958. This text has been viewed as the de facto textbook for cryptozoology. Despite its title, Huevelman said he preferred the term hidden instead of unknown, which we will get to in a bit. The text tackled the idea of cryptids in a rigorously researched and analytical fashion, garnering Huevelman's praise from fellow zoologists. In his text, Huevelman's was critical of zoology, referencing recently discovered animals like the pygmy chimpanzee and Komodo dragon. Huevelman's pointed out that many of these creatures were known to locals of their respective territories, but these claims were often dismissed by zoologists. This is the reason he preferred the term hidden rather than unknown. Also, a fun side note, the term cryptid was coined in 1983, marking 2023 as its 40th anniversary. The term was created by John E. Wall in 1983 in the newsletter of the now defunct International Society of Cryptozoology. It's baffled me that it actually took almost 25 years from the creation of the term cryptozoology to begin utilizing the term cryptid to describe its subject. Huevelman's mention of at the time recently discovered animals such as Komodo dragons exemplifies why I believe that cryptozoology as a field of study has its merits. Every year, scientists discover new species. A few examples from just 2022 include a rainbow-colored fish that was discovered in the Maldives, a new species of sloth with a coconut-shaped head, and a new type of tarantula found to only live inside a bamboo. This find is actually particularly notable because it was discovered by a Thai nature YouTuber called Yocho Sipawat. And we likely aren't even close to documenting every species that inhabits this planet. In 2011, the National Geographic published an article citing a study claiming the estimate of 86% when it comes to the number of Earth species still unknown to us. This study also predicted that Earth is home to 8.7 million species. In 2011, 1.2 million species were known to science. Scientists have been hard at work identifying the residents of this world with plenty still left to do. Isn't quantitative data fun? When you think about it, there's some species out there that just sound ridiculous that we know exist. Like giraffes. You've got these weird long-necked beings walking around, yet people will tell you that a unicorn is too far out there. There's plenty of other strange creatures out there as well, such as the platypus or really any deep-sea life. What I'm getting at is from an evolutionary perspective, there's no reason why a creature like Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster under the right conditions can't evolve to exist on this planet. Just look at the type of creatures who already inhabit this planet that are known to us. What about giant squids? 
Did you know that giant squids were sort of seen as cryptids? Up until the late 19th century, debate existed among scientists on whether they even existed or just the stuff of legend. These creatures were elusive since they were inhabitants of dark depths of the oceans and rarely surfaced, therefore making a chance of seeing a live one extremely low. Descriptions of them go as far back as 77 AD, when Roman naturalist and philosopher Pliny the Elder gave a description of his written work titled Natural History. A sea creature reminiscent of a giant squid, he described the creature so large it could encircle a ship and pull it down to the depths of the ocean. Additionally, it had a head as big as a barrel and arms that were covered in suckers. He described the suckers as being so powerful they could drag a man overboard and drown him. With accounts such as this, it's not hard to see why some dismiss such creatures as folklore and exaggeration for a very long time. In the late 19th century, scientists began to examine specimens washed up on shores, and in 2005, scientists managed to record the first images of giant squid in its natural environment in the deep ocean, shining a light on such a mysterious creature. Speaking of giant squids, try googling images of a big fin squid. It's absolute nightmare fuel. It might as well be an alien. Moving on from the historical, I want to describe what makes a particular cryptid plausible for me. What do I look for in a case that makes me go, yeah, I can see that possibly existing. The top things I look for would be credibility of the witness, is there video and or photo evidence, and does physical evidence of any kind exist. When I say credibility of the witness, I mean, is the witness gaining personally from their encounter with a cryptid? Has their story remained consistent over a period of time? And are they a trained observer such as a researcher, military personnel, or a police officer? Something like that may gain more credence to a sighting. In terms of video or photo evidence, it's of course not required, but it helps if convincing video or photo evidence exists. The types that haven't been easily debunked. A great example would be the Patterson-Gimlin film, which allegedly depicts a female Bigfoot and is very convincing. And when it comes to physical evidence, are there footprints? Are there droppings? Is there any hair? Are there any strangely mauled animals in the area where the cryptid is purported to exist? Does any of this exist? Another factor that I think is important to keep in mind when it comes to judging cryptid evidence is the phenomenon of apophenia. Apophenia is what psychologists describe as the human brain's tendency to find patterns in unrelated or random objects. A perfect example that I'm sure many of you have heard of is the Mars face. During photography of the Cydonia region of Mars by NASA's Viking 1 orbiter in 1976, a certain hill had the appearance of a human face in one of the photos. Even at the time, NASA claimed this was due to the resolution and other limitations of late 70s photography. But meanwhile, many in the public believed evidence of some sort of civilization having existed on the red planet was found. Later photos captured in 1998 and 2001 revealed the face to be nothing but a rocky hill, and this is just one example of apophenia. I'm sure many of you have had your own personal experiences of, of apophenia, such as seeing a dark figure in your bedroom that is in actuality just a bundle of clothes on a chair. A very common experience. Just recently, when looking for famous cryptid evidence online, I stumbled across a picture on Reddit claiming to show the face of a Sasquatch-like cryptid by the name of Old Yellowtop. 
The image supposedly shows a yellow face with dark eyes, but if you ask me, it just looks like a tree branch with sunlight shining on it and the leaves creating facial features. The combination of these elements could very likely cause one to experience apophonia, finding a face where there is none. Similar experiences can be had from auditory phenomena. People can hear sounds that they might mistake for something preternatural, when in reality it's something like the screech of a fox or a raccoon. Have you ever heard what a fox sounds like? It's terrifying. If I heard that in the middle of pitch black woods, I would probably start moving quickly in fear of a chupacabra or a Jersey Devil. Here's a clip of a fox screech just to demonstrate. It's easy to see how someone might mistake that for something more sinister than it truly is. I guess what I'm trying to say from all of this is that I truly want to believe. I want to believe so badly in Bigfoot and any other cryptid, but the evidence still needs to be there. I can't just blindly believe in it. I think it's also important to point out the difference between an urban legend and cryptozoology. For example, the difference between Slenderman and Bigfoot. That is a very good question and an important distinction to make. I actually have encountered at least a couple of people in my life who believe Slenderman has its basis in reality, but that's simply untrue when you look at the origin. Unlike cryptids, urban legends such as Slenderman are often passed through word of mouth and media, but have practically no verifiable evidence such as sightings or footprints. An entity such as Slenderman was created in online forums through internet horror short stories known as creepypastas. No verifiable real-life sightings exist of these characters, nor does any physical evidence. Therefore, they are just fictional characters. That's some introduction to ourselves and some of the history and ideas of cryptozoology. Since this is the intro episode, I wanted to give you, the viewers, some idea of what to expect from the podcast going forward. Episodes should come out once a month. Since this episode is releasing at the end of March 2023, you can expect the next one towards the end of April, if not early May at the latest. It's going to be a boatload of fun, and we are very excited to delve into specific cryptid cases. Starting out, I'm going to try to stay away from the mainstream cryptids such as Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster, since so much discourse already exists revolving around them. I'm sure there's entire podcasts that already exist dedicated to them alone. I'm certain we will cover them eventually, but we will try our best to find lesser known but equally interesting cryptids to discuss on this podcast. If you're interested in contacting the podcast, our email is cryptidsfolkloreormore at gmail.com. That's all one word. Thanks for listening to our intro episode. Unlike cryptids, don't stay hidden. Till next time.